up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of 4040 Shorts, a short-form podcast brought to you by the 4040 Vision Podcast, the ultimate sports history pod, where hindsight is 4040. On today's episode, I want to talk about John Morant and athletes behaving badly. So as you know, John Morant has been suspended somewhat unofficially by the Memphis Grizzlies after a series of, we'll call them, off-the-court indiscretions uh, in recent months or perhaps in the, in the last year or so. So as of today, March 9th, uh, John Morant, I believe, has missed two games so far and will miss up to four or five games as he continues to, I don't know, recover, bounce back. Um, the Grizzlies head coach called this uh, a healing process in uh, reference to Jaw and everything that he's dealing with. There's been some rumors that he's checked into a rehab facility for uh, drug and alcohol addiction. I can't corroborate that. I don't know if that's true or not. But I think what's important to note is that this is not a really uncommon thing in the history of, of sports and athletes in general. There's been, I don't know, 100 years or so of incidents where athletes were just behaving badly off the field or off the court, not necessarily committing crimes per se, uh, which we have a long list of that. Uh, you know, guys like Antonio Smith, who played for the Raiders, was it Anthony Smith? Um, we have all kinds of incidents of domestic violence and murder and all kinds of crazy stuff. But I think what I want to talk more about today is just the history of athletes just behaving badly. Like I said, using the word indiscretions versus crimes. And I think in John Moran's case, especially, there's been kind of a buildup of things that have led to uh, us to the point where, you know, it, it seemed appropriate for him to take some time off from basketball to maybe think about what's important to him and, you know, go on that healing journey uh, that the, the, the Grizzlies referred to. So the first incident with, with John Morant was, I believe, uh, after the uh, playoffs last year, there was an incident with a 17-year-old kid at a party where he supposedly punched the kid a few times, flashed a gun, and, and threatened the kid. The way we, we hear it is that the kid also threatened him with a gun, so who knows who's telling the truth. But anyway, the next incident was involving his mother and a security guard or employee at Finish Line at a mall in Memphis where I guess they were giving her some trouble. She gave Jaw a call and he came with about eight other people to uh, handle the situation, let's call it. And then, of course, as all these reports are coming out and people are talking about John Morant making bad decisions, he makes a really poor decision by going live at a strip club in Colorado at, I believe it was 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning, where he's clearly intoxicated, and he flashes what appears to be a gun. So, of course, gun ownership is not illegal. Gun ownership is definitely not illegal in Colorado, but it's fair to say that flashing a gun in a strip club while intoxicated is uh, irresponsible behavior. I think we can use that word a lot with some of the things that John Morant's been doing. And I think the reason why this is especially jarring for people is because John Morant is one of those kids, and I can use the word kids because I'm in my mid-30s, <laughs> is that John Morant's one of those kids that was considered you know, one of the new faces of the league. You throw him in that group with uh, Zion Williamson, Luka Doncic, Trey Young maybe to an extent, and he's one of those guys that people had crowned as this the next big thing, right? He was... He re-energized and revitalized um, the Memphis Grizzlies. He's making them one of the main draws on the NBA calendar. He's taking a small market team and making them 
one of the headliners in the NBA. You know, you can put the Grizzlies on national TV and they'll draw all kinds of eyes. You go, you look in the crowd and no matter where they're playing, they could be playing in San Francisco, they could be playing in LA, Houston, wherever it is. And there's a ton of kids wearing John Morant jerseys. There's a ton of kids who want to be like him. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with some of the natural charisma that he has. You know, he's a, he's a handsome dude. He's got a big million dollar smile, reminiscent to uh, Magic Johnson, who also had that, that million dollar megawatt smile. And he does incredible things on the court. He's jumping over guys. He plays with a violence and aggression and a speed that you don't really see much these days, right? He's reminiscent of young Russell, young Russell Westbrook or young Derrick Rose, who was fearless going to the hole. And I think what that same fearlessness that makes him think that he's invincible when he can run you know, full speed from half court and jump into three guys and try to dunk over them is the same fearlessness and that sense of, sense of invincibility that it's going to get getting him in trouble off the court. And when you think that, you know, when you're young, you're 22, 23 years old, you think you're untouchable, you think you're invincible. And you mix that with, you know, perhaps an excessive amount of drugs and alcohol that you have access to because of your money, because of your fame, then that's can be a pretty toxic combination. And I think what's really interesting about what's happening with John Morant is that it's taking place in this social media era where we kind of expect guys to be better behaved, especially in public, because of you know the number of cameras that are out there. Every single person in the world just about has a phone with a camera in it connected to the internet. So there can be an almost immediate reaction to something when it happens. And what's really crazy about it is that, you know, especially in Jaws' case, is that there's no footage of the other things that he did. So maybe he put a, t- put a tight lid on it. And then the one main incident that got him in trouble was his own camera because he went live on his own uh, Instagram account to uh, expose himself. And obviously, that's probably because he was intoxicated and making bad decisions. So when you, con- when you contrast these athletes in this social media era with some of the stories that we've heard about athletes, like I said, going back, I don't know, to the 40s, 50s, you hear about uh, Mickey Mantle and... Uh, I believe it was Roger Maris, who were doing you know some pretty crazy things uh, in the dugout, or they were doing some pretty crazy things under the bleachers between games or between innings, and then you have stories, a couple stories that I read recently uh, about the um, Showtime Lakers where they had a full-on nightclub in the arena, and the players would go there after games and and do God knows what. And another story was uh, about the um, Dallas Cowboys in the mid '90s who reportedly had what was essentially like half crack house, half brothel, a few a few miles away from the Dallas Cowboys practice facility. And it was kind of a really um, poorly kept secret that the guys would go there and, and do drugs and bring women, uh, both you know their girlfriends or their escorts or whoever it may be. And because this wasn't in the social media era, because this wasn't in the camera phone era, nobody has any visual documentation of that. So even though these stories that you hear about from the 80s and 90s of guys going on, you know, drug drug-fueled rampages or having, you know, drug-fueled orgies at a brothel uh, a mile or two from their practice facility, they seem the stuff that's happening now is so mild and so tame compared to that. But I think the main difference is that we don't have visual evidence 
of what was happening before. So we would just hear about it, and there's kind of a, a cognitive dissonance, so to speak, about what was happening versus the guys we saw on the field. And it was hard to imagine, you know, guys that are idolized in such a way, behaving in a really, you know, I, I don't want to say uncivilized manner, but a really insane manner off the field and off the court. So what, what John Morant is doing is really nothing compared to these guys, but because there's we live in this era of camera phones and cell phones and social media and the, the 24-hour news cycle, everything becomes heightened. And that's not to minimize what's happening with John Morant because he very well could ha have some serious issues, whether it is a drug or alcohol addiction, or even if there's no addiction, he may just be addicted to the adrenaline, may just be addicted to the fame and making bad choices. And the, the inevitable kind of journey that he's on, if he continues this way, is, is not, it's not going to end well. So John Morant is at an interesting crossroads in his life and his career where, I think it was Bill Simmons that said it earlier this week, where, you know, it could be a couple weeks from now, John Morant comes back, maybe a month from now, a couple months from now, where, you know, maybe they go on a deep playoff run and he plays well and we don't hear anything, and it goes, you know, six months without any incidents, and we kind of forget, and we talk about, hey, you know, that was kind of weird that John Morant was suspended for, I don't know, four or five games in the middle of the season uh, for some some off-the-court issues. Or it could be that this is just the start of some really horrible things, um, and hopefully that's not the case, because, as we said, John Morant is one of the faces of the league. He's an extremely exciting young player. He's a guy that, again, revitalized the entire Memphis Grizzlies franchise, uh, after that grit and grind period, they had kind of a few down years. And now, again, they're one of the headlining teams in the NBA. So what what I think it, it really needs to happen is is that he needs to really evaluate what, what his priorities are. And I think he needs to have some of the, the people around him who may in the past have been enablers or may have just not noticed how, how bad things were going if, he, if Ja was indeed kind of circling the drain on these things and he needs to basically readjust recalibrate and and realize what's at stake because he could go on to have a 15-year career where he becomes you know he gets some generational wealth he changes his life his family's life becomes one of the best players in the nba maybe wins a championship or two or he could become another cautionary tale in a list of a lot of other guys and I think and another thing that I found really interesting about this whole John Morant thing was that in this social media era, we maybe complain a little bit about athletes being overly, overly manicured, overly trained. They have media training from a young age. And I think one of the things that was refreshing about Ja was that he was such a great story. He kind of came from nowhere, was, was not a highly regarded recruit coming out of high school, went to a small school mid-major in Murray State made a deep run in, in uh, the NCAA tournament, basically carried the team on his back. He's like the anti-Ben Simmons when it came to college because he was so competitive and such a great player that he lifted a pretty mediocre mid-major team and made them one of the better teams in the country. So maybe he didn't have the benefit of the spotlight on him from early, from early days, which, of course, could be a negative, but it could also be a positive because you learn very early on from a young age that... The spotlight is on me, so anything I do, good or bad, is going to be magnified 10 times. You know, you think about guys with a little more uh, hype coming in, you know, 
LeBron James is a prime example, a guy who's never gotten in trouble in 20 plus years. He may have said a couple things that folks didn't like. And really the worst thing that he's ever done, you know, to use quotes as in worst was the decision. And even that was just, you know, really not that big of a deal when you think about it. The guy's never been in trouble. He's been under the spotlight since he was 15 years old. And he's definitely not the only one. Even guys like, like Zion, who are in the same class uh, as Ja, have never gotten in trouble before, despite having that, that uh, spotlight on him from an early age. So the thing with, with Ja is that maybe he, ha he didn't get the benefit of that spotlight, so he doesn't understand the impact of what he does. I think he does understand his position as an NBA player and the positive impact that he can have. A lot of people have been sharing videos of him you know, signing shoes and doing charitable things in Memphis, which is all great. But he needs to realize that, you know, all the charity in the world and all the good things that you do don't matter if you're not behaving well off the court. If you're putting yourself in danger, if you're putting self, your, uh, people around you in danger, is that, you know, all that goodwill and all that can go away with, his, with just a mugshot. So hopefully, you know, I'll be rooting for him. Hopefully he stays out of trouble. And I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from some of the guys uh, that came before him. And I think in this era, he can understand that, you know, everywhere I go, it's all eyes on me, and I need to act accordingly. I can still have my fun, I can still let loose, but maybe don't go live on Instagram. Don't go live on social media, you know, do it in a private place. Keep things to yourself. Don't expose yourself to the public in such a way uh, where you might run into an incident where you are punching a kid at a playground or you are trying to fight a security guard that's giving your mom a hard time. So I think at the end of the day, we're all rooting for John Morant. We hope he comes back. We hope he comes back on the court and he's playing well. We hope these rumors about whatever drug or alcohol addiction uh, are unfounded. And again, we're all rooting for him and we're all rooting for everyone in the NBA to uh, keep their noses clean and just keep playing a great level of basketball. That's it for our show today. Thank you everyone for checking us out and tuning in. Please make sure to follow, like, and subscribe our podcast on all the major podcasting platforms, and please make sure to leave us a review. You can also follow us on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, at 4040VisionPod. Thanks, y'all. Peace out. Yeah, yeah.